is Warhammer 40k Book Club, where we read from a crack. This is episode number 107. Wow, we've gotten that far so far. And our book is Longshot by Rob Young, the latest installment into the Astra Militarum novel. And it won a place in my heart because it stars a sniper. Anyways. We posted several questions on our website, wh40kbookclub.com, and we encourage participation in our conversation via YouTube, our site, or Encrypted Box channel. Spoiler warning, if you haven't yet read this book, definitely check it out before listening to this episode, as we're going to go through the book in great detail. With that, let's dive in. Did you like the book, Carrie? Oh my god, I love this book. I actually had a hard time putting it down. Okay. It took me like four or five chapters and then once I got in, same. I was like, oh, well, this book's just my new cause. <laughs> this is my new personality. Could yeah, not put I it mean, down. Loved this book. I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to read this this many pages tonight. Oh, I, it was a fast read. Like, I was reading, like, 150 pages in one night within, like, two hours. Because that's, like, how great it was and what a great fast read and um, everything that was going on. I was like, well, I can't go to bed now. <laughs> I need to know what's going to happen next. You know what's going to happen next? Um, we're going to get a little meta with this episode and talk about like the, how this fits into like the larger picture of this Astra Militarum series they're doing. But I, and it's pretty high praise for me because I've really enjoyed the Astra Militarum series mm -hmm. in general. Um, this might be my favorite one. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, it's like and not, one of my top books this year. <laughs> yes, I would agree with that actually. And um. It's only partially because this was basically Enemy at the Gates in space. Yeah, I never and saw I, that movie. Okay, it's actually not a great and other things movie. that don't surprise anybody. Carrie hasn't seen a movie. <laughs> I couldn't see that coming. That one actually doesn't surprise me that much because it wasn't huge. I mean, it was, it was, it's a good movie. It's not great. Not bad. It's good. There's some things in it that I really like. But I, I don't know why, but snipers and stories about snipers, like my... Um, my favorite character from the God's Ghost series is Lane Larkin. I don't know why, for some reason, I like a good sniper story. And it's it's very niche. I admit that. But I like, I, snipe, I like snipers, too. I think it's because they have such a unique job. So, like, in the movie Full Metal Jacket, like, I about, I lost it when the sniper was, was finally found, you know, halfway near the end and was killed. Uh, you know, same thing in, I uh, think, Saving Private Ryan. Because he'd always do that prayer before sniping and when he finally got found it's like oh my god this, this kills me like what you have to do to to be a sniper is takes a very type of you know unique determination unique skill so this book so fascinated by it just in the and how like the regiments work together i actually read a lot of this out loud to my husband and oh really was, what did you think he really enjoyed it like he'd be like that's accurate or or like when I was talking about, uh, so when they got that new guy, Mouse Keen, and she was mm -hmm. like, okay, um, first of all, you need to get a different gun and you need to get new, you need to get used boots. So I thought that was so fascinating. So I was reading that out loud to Sean and he was like, uh, yeah, you can't have new boots to be a sniper. They're loud. Everybody knows this. Like, right. So those kind of things I kind of like that when I have some, you know, because my husband's in the military, when he's like verifying, like, yes. And I was trying to describe this book. I was like, you know, they keep putting people who are not snipers in with the squad. And he's like, that's a rookie mistake. You know, just stuff. He's like, they didn't all make it, did they? I'm like, no, they really didn't. Oh. And the other funny thing is, is that my husband, uh, for his uh, group, they had a colonel who was awful. 
And it's basically making my husband's life a living hell. And people were actually retiring early or finding new jobs to get away from this guy because he was so awful. Mm -hmm. His name also started with a W. So I was like drawing a lot of parallels with him. And I was telling him some things that this colonel was doing. He's like, oh, that sounds like, you know, his his boss. And he's like, oh, is he trying to like run a war from the rear? That's going to go well for him. it's It's a it's just it's good and i think the thing that i really liked about daria is that i have this weird fascination with the russian snipers the women snipers and i'm not talking about well i mean i'm talking a little bit about lidmilla because obviously she's the most famous right the um uh lady death they Mm -hmm. called her and even though they largely think that the her kill count might have been exaggerated she was still a force to be reckoned with and a lot of them were right and especially at that time it was really weird and I have this weird thing about female snipers. So Daria in particular, I was like, like you. Um, I really like this. Ash- We're going to talk more about the Astro Militarum series. Actually, let's just go ahead and we'll, we'll, we'll mix around in our questions a little bit here. So if you're following along at home, it's been a long day. Um, I really like this Astro Militarum series in general because we have, um, I'm going to pull it back up. We had Steel Tread. We had uh, Krieg. We had Witchbringer. So actually... Um, I looked this up. There's this is the fourth Astro Militarum book. Yes. So it goes uh, Steel Tread, Catachan Devil, Witchbringer, and then this one. Mm, wait a minute. Nope, I thought. No, nope. I looked it up. Krieg is not considered part of the Astro Militarum. Oh, series. damn. Okay. Well, never mind. But they have done like with so if we even if we go if we go outside of just the Astro Militarum stories, they've been doing a lot of them with like, you know, Catastrican and Krieg mm-hmm. and they've really been showing and I feel as though and I know somebody's gonna come out and be like, actually, this series, and I apologize to that series in advance, but I feel as though ever since the Gonsko series pretty much wrapped up and wasn't like being published one a year, we haven't had this just bang, 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 Astro Militarum, Astro Militarum, because there's a big difference. <laughs> in obvious statements is obvious, a uh, big difference between the Astro Militarum troopers and the Space Marines. And I feel as though we give, and we all know that this, the Astro Militarum are the real people holding up the Imperium. Right. <laughs> and I like seeing them get their due. It's just a fun series. And I feel as though everyone, especially now that I know that Krieg's not in there and it's Catachan Devil in there, everyone is kind of like this, oh, hey, here's a famous regiment doing something famous, or here's a regiment versus one of the people Right, so this one's the Tau. So, Catachan Devil was the Orcs. The way I have taken this series is I felt like this series was about an outsider coming in. Oh my in God. And how they try to fit in. So, like, Steel Tread, she's not Cadian. Uh, and she has, like, one of her tank mates trying to kill her because she's not Cadian. She's not one of them. And uh, which I still can't forgive that woman for. And, uh, and then we get, you know, to Catachan Devil and we have this poor guy. I forget which regiment he was from, but he's been thrown in with the Catachans. And he doesn't know how to do anything with them. He doesn't know how to Catachan. He doesn't, he doesn't know what jungle warfare and about, you know, stealth and all this stuff and how he has to learn. Then you got Witchbringer, this woman who used to be part of this regiment, who's now an outsider because she's a psyker and she feels like nobody trusts her. And now you have this book. Where, again, she's not Cadian, she's a transplant, but she's with the Cadian regiment, and it's how everybody treats her. Whether it, they revere her or whether they hate her because she's not Cadian. 
So in most successful movies or stories in general, but especially movies, right, you need that fish out of water character so that we, who's basically an audience stand in so that we kind of get like the, oh, hey, here's kind of what's going on here. And that's really hard to do in the Warhammer 40k universe, right? It's very hard to create this fish out of water character and have it feel realistic and natural. And I do, I agree with you 100%. I think this Astra Militarum series in particular has done a really good job of that because there's not only the story that's taking place, right? But there's also the cultural impact of this character, and especially with the Cadians, especially with the Cadians. Having said that, this is the last time that I want to see this particular device trotted out of the, I'm not Cadian, and I've just been integrated with the Cadians. Will they accept me? I don't know. Um, and I don't mean that to sound, I'm not being dismissive because I loved this book. Um, but I'm a little done with, you're not Cadian. I'm a little done with that. I, I am too. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. And I well, loved this book. Because like in, in Steel Tread, that was like my biggest problem in Steel Tread. Like those characterisms, like this is why I can't stand the Cadians because a lot of them were, were like that. And, you know, even though I'm reading like the, the Minka Lesk novels and it's that's a different take on the Cadians in there because they're seen as failures. Everybody, every other regiment hates them because you know, they always got preferential treatment and now they're failures. So they don't care about them anymore. And then you have like the Astromilitarum series where we've had now a steel tread and we've now had this book where these Cadians have a chip on their shoulder because they know that they're literally a dying breed. And the only way to keep their regiments alive is to bring in these transplants. She's lost her entire planet. And she is very good at what she does, and her squad just loves her. But then there are these assholes, as they call them, the, the True Blood Cadians, who are just so mean to them and you know treat them with disrespect. And then you have other True Blood Cadians who don't understand why you treat these people with disrespect. As long as they're doing a really good job, like, what's the problem? You know, it, it gets into that whole... Uh, you know, the Volpone were kind of like that too, right? Like, you're not one of the Volpone. Like, you're not as good as us. Well, now the Volpone, they don't have, they didn't lose their planet. And so they're not a dying regiment. And, you know, they don't really take trans, they don't have transplants. So it doesn't really work. But you have these really proud people who did get a lot of special treatment over the years because of where they were, whether it was warranted or not. They have this major chip on their shoulder because, like, I'm, like I said, with the Minkalesque novels, they're treated as failures. Right. And then you have this one in Steel Tread where they're like, stop making us be with others, even though we're dying out and we can't do that because we just kind of want to be by ourselves. You know, and the Kazarkin were, this, were the same, same way with that commissar. He's not a Kazarkin commissar. We don't need a non we never needed a commissar. We're Cadians, which is actually what Minkaleska actually had, was that they don't need commissars. So when one of her new troopers actually gets caught, um, you know, selling drugs, basically, and she didn't catch him, he just was dumb enough that a commissar caught him and, you know, shot him. And like, a commissar has never shot a Cadian for insubordination. She's like, I didn't make him, you know, sell drugs. Like, <laughs> They all blamed her for it because she was in charge of the squad. Like, she ratted him out. And so then all the other Cadians hated her because another, because a non-Cadian got involved in their business. So it's the Cadian dynamic 
is fascinating and awful at the same time. Like I have a very hard time feeling sorry for these people because they're so such bitter man children. And that used in the gender neutral, by the way, because we've seen. I'm like, okay, for fuck's sake, yes, character. the gender neutral. Well, I mean, like, just to be clear, there are a lot of women in this care this move, this book, behaving badly. Yes, like, and that's one of the that's one of the things I just love about the Warhammer 40k universe. Um, they um, <laughs> equal opportunity. Um, absolutely. It is. It, it one of the things. So, like with Katachan Devil, right? Like the Katachan, the Katachan are very. Mm, <laughs> you're not us, and I do understand. Like for a lot of these people who grow up in these death worlds, right? You really can't explain what it's like to grow up on a death world. Like you can't learn that just by like ah, I've been hanging out with these people, so I totally know what it's like to be on a death world. No, you don't. Um. So I, I always have liked that, but it reminded me. This book reminded me more of like again, go harkening back to the Gaunt's Ghost books, and it's because it's really hard not to whenever you're reading Astra Militarum, because for a lot of intents and purposes, Abnet pretty much paved the way for all of this stuff, like with the way that we treat the guard. Um, and really mixed feelings on saying that right now, especially given how Gaunt's Ghost ended. Um, come at me, <laughs> grief engines, okay. If you know, you know. Um, Revengeance. Nice. Grief, grief engines. Um, I, I, look think it up, I, liked kids. It, I think I liked it better when I thought you said revengeance, which has always been one of my favorite jokes in video games. But it, it's been, it's easily one of the greatest nonsensical titles to come out. Metal Gear Solid. Revengeance. <laughs> the revengeancing. Uh, <laughs> the revengeance <laughs> revengeance to electric boogaloo that was my personal favorite one um they're they're just great anyways they in the gaunt's ghost books they also struggled when they had to integrate new regiments from other worlds right there was always this friction and you had the people who were like it's fine like we need more people we're not getting any more of us which that was my cheeky joke that i made as i read every book that i read that has cadians in it i'm like if they keep starring the cadians in these books they're gonna run out of cadians well, yeah, because there's a finite like, number, right? Unless they have like a Cadian breeding program, which I actually but, so. But you know, at the same time, though, there's obviously an issue here, right? Because we even saw it in the very first Caiaphas Cain book when they were merging those two Valhallen regiments, who wanted did not want to give up their traditions, didn't want anything to do with one another until they finally had to merge and become the 597th. Right. So. So on the one hand, it's like, okay, I see this is a thing. We have this, you know, pride and everything. But at the same time, with the Cadians, it's like, you guys. Because at least like in Katachan Devil, the Katachans weren't mean to the guy. They weren't like, you're... It's they, true. It's true. They they weren't they, as... They these were, guys are very dismissive. They had to, like, take care of him because, like, you're going to get us killed because you don't know how to do things the, the way that we do. And, basically, you don't know jungle warfare. Facts. He didn't know jungle warfare. In this case, and in Steel Tread, however, these are two characters who are not Cadians who are being forced in Cadian regiments who know how to do their jobs damn well. They know how to war. Um, you've actually bridged over nicely into, so every time we read a, if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know that every book time we read a book that stars the Cadians, I have to ask the $52,000 question, $62,000 question, the pyramid question doesn't matter anyways, it's got a lot of money on the line. Pyramid. Huh? It's the $25,000 pyramid. Did you like these Cadians? 
some. Because I know that Carrie has strong opinion opinions about the Cadians. Well, yeah, I mean, some, obviously, like the ones who understand. She's good at her. These these non-Cadians are really good at her jobs and it's cool. It's fine. Like, this is just ha- how it is. Because halfway through this, you know, at the end of this book, they're talking about the 217th doesn't even exist anymore. You guys are now mo- merging over to the thir- 303rd. This is just a fact of war, especially with when you don't have a planet anymore. So therefore, there's really not more of you. You guys are off having babies to make more of you. And even if you are, you're not going to have the violet eyes anymore. So no one's going to know if you're a true Cadian anyway. And it doesn't matter. And I understand Cadian pride because, of course, I would understand that. You know, saying that, you know, country pride or planet pride, I would totally understand that 100%. But not to the point of, I have no use for you. You're not part of us. Going back to what you said before, that is my one complaint with a lot of these books with the Cadians is that it goes beyond, I am proud and you don't understand, right? Like, again, I understood in um, that book that I absolutely loathed, uh, the fourth Donifier book. Like, I understood with the Fenrisian warriors mm. where they were like, look, third. you didn't grow up on Fenris. Third, you're right. I try not to think, keep them straight in my head. It's um, okay. Huh? It's okay. We, we totally get it. By the way, it's a $64,000 question for a super dated not even boomer that's a silent generation joke anyways um so silent generation's been a lot on my mind lately i don't know why um they uh one of the the problems i have is like in that book i understood with the fenrisians because they're like look to be a space wolf you didn't have the shared upbringing that we have like we have this shared bond of keeping the shield wall and hunting kraken or whatever right like we had these shared experiences and you don't have those so that like that directly ties to you being a space wolf as an identity a lot of these authors when they get hold of some of the cadians they end up coming off as very petulant and as you said like man children they again used in the gender neutral i'm not throwing casting aspersions here but i am on the entirety of the of the of the uh, cadians um they end up coming off very petulant and very childish. And as you said, like, I have no use for you. Really? Because this lady's like racking up quite the body count. And she's heroic. And she's known. And her name is Daria. Um, <laughs> can you not love that? Children of the 80s and 90s. Um, there's a lot... Th- it's one of the complaints that I have. And I do think that Rob Young actually did a really good job here of having some of them take it way too far and being those sort of petulant, but he did it in a way that was kind of like, are you seeing this? Mm-hmm. Like I didn't feel as though it was like, oh, don't you sympathize with them because they're behaving in a totally good manner. No, no, yeah, not I at all. To say, like I got near the end. It's like, they do not have, Moss Keen getting his comeuppance at the end. I'm, I hate this book. So I was very thankful that he got his in the end because I could not believe what he did. I don't care what he thinks of her. It doesn't matter if she's not Cadian. She's still an Imperial soldier. What are you doing? Would you do that if it was one of the Kintair rifles before? Like, if assuming you didn't know that they turned, would you have done that with one of them? No. 
Like, why? I, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. I also had that feeling. And I think we talked about this in Volpone Glory. And again, it's... I always get very concerned when you have the characters that do something just, frankly, evil. Um, because I start to see Elijah Koo all over again. And okay, Elijah Koo outstayed his welcome by about one Gaunt's Ghost book. Um, I cannot remember the name. It's actually one of my favorite Gaunt's Ghost books. It's the one where they're on that forest world and he kills... Um, not Bragg. Bragg's been dead for forever. He kills that girl who's... They're, they're sheltering in that house. Um, it's before they kill the saint. Or he tries to kill the saint. Um, Elijah Koo's outstayed is welcome by about one book. And so I feel as though there's this tendency in these guard books now to create Elijah Koo. And I always worry about it whenever I see characters doing stuff like that. Remember, I complained about that in Volpone Glory with the guy who had the gray host. <laughs> it turned out that I actually loved that guy by the end of the book. Um, right, right. This guy, I had the same reaction where I was like, if this guy lives on to appear in another story or another book or something like that, like if he doesn't get some sort of major lesson taught to him, I'm going to be very disappointed in that because I'm, I'm a little, I'm always a little gun shy on that one. Elijah Koo served his purpose. He is now dead. I love the fact Stop. that she was their witness to ex execution and she had two true bloods by her who wanted to be there because they wanted to see this guy get killed. Yep. It's, I think, so that's one of the central themes in this book. And I totally meant to put a question about this, but let's talk about that, shall we? Is the idea of propaganda and the oh man the propaganda used in this was just brilliant i have to edit the post because i asked if the tau i meant to say if they were effective and antagonists but i put protagonists oh my god so, and i meant to tell you that before we started and i got sidetracked yeah so anyways the tower the protagonists of this book i don't know if y'all knew that i think you've been affected by the greater good i have been affected by the greater good i so that but this comes into this whole idea of unity Right. And the Tao's propaganda that they were constantly and that was one of that's one of their big things. Right. It's like, come join us. It's harmonious. Like we're all unified. It's all super awesome. And um, the fact that. Let's let's stop there for a second. Let's let's talk about the Tao and their propaganda machine. First off, here's my question. By about the midway or like two thirds mark or even you kind of going, I mean, they kind of have a point. No. <laughs> I was not however I like as I was listening to like as I, you're reading the stuff that they put in there you're like I see how this is effective like I see you know, I'm disappointed it's probably but because, I see so this week I was listening to this podcast and they were saying <laughs> that communism is like Cheech Marin's character in uh, From Dust Till Dawn this guy who's this, the first one, not the yes, second one, the bouncer outside of this club is basically saying, look at Teenage all of the amazing stuff you're going to get if you come inside this club. You get I believe it's called female genitalia. Well, OK, yes. But we got drugs. We got alcohol. We got every pleasure you can imagine all oh, just gotta come in and then what happens when you go in? They're vampires and they're there they're to kill you and eat you. So. I heard that I laughed very hard because I'm like, that's accurate, actually, about communism. That's really good. 
so knowing that the tower pretty much commies in space and they're talking about this garden and you know that that the emperor doesn't love you i'm like they're just trying to get you to go inside the club so you can get eaten by vampires that's all that this is oh no 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 not getting eaten by vampires getting thrown into a caste system Oh, but the, from which you can never rise above. Oh, but the caste system is there to, you know, for what you're beneficial, what you can contribute to the greater good. Oh, my God. That's the thing, too, is that, like, and I think that they did, actually did a really good job in this book, too, of um, reminding you that there's a hook in that bait. Oh, yeah. This is not, like, you don't go over to the Tau and then, oh, man. Life is just so good right now. Like, everything's awesome. Yeah, especially when and the woman was like, have you seen my wife? And they basically beat her. And, yeah. like, I don't think that Daria was going to turn. I think she was like, I need to figure out how I can get out of here. I'm just going to, like, nod along and go along with this. And then when her <laughs> Smile and nod, smile and nod, yeah. look for the escape. With her seeing this, she's like, and that's just all the confirmation I need that I am right. That maybe the yes. Imperium is unfeeling. You know, like, and what happened to the, um, you know, Sarah's, yes, that, that sucks. But do you really think it's going to be better over here? They're using you. And when they have no more use for you, you're done. Also, I would like to point out that for their garden world that they sell, um, right. there were a lot of people with guns in the same muck and blood as the Imperial guys were. Mm-hmm. They were just being sold a prettier story on the back line, right? And really, are they being sold a prettier story? They're just being sold a different version of it, it right? Actually reminded me of the crow from Animal Farm that kept coming back and talking about Candy Mountain. Yeah, there's a lot going on with that. And I actually thought this was a really good job because I do feel as though sometimes with the Tao, some authors, um, there's this tendency to be like, Look, they really probably are be better than the Imperium. If you're right? a Tau. Which, if you're a Tau and if you're of one of the higher classes, casts, right? Like, I wonder if I didn't know. I really struggle getting that word out on the first. And I always have to, like, really emphasize it. Um, they, uh, If you're of one of the higher castes, it's very easy. It, 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 I'm sure it's great, right? But it's just like if you're a high lord... On some planet or in the governor, like, if you're in the club, it, they're just like any other faction, right? And I do like, and some authors kind of try to give it like, a, I mean, probably a little better over there for being totally honest right now. But keep in mind mind control and keep in mind cast system from which you can never rise above. And, oh, keep in mind, too, if you saw the movie Serenity, if you disagree with us and, like, our stuff, our stuff doesn't work on you, we just kill you. It ain't good. Like, it's... I, I thought he I thought this book did a really good job without like driving the point totally home of like the really awful Xenos. But it was also like like No, I didn't think that they like they said they they're awful they Xenos. gave a good game. Yeah, they're just like they have really good propaganda. They're sending all these messages. I could see where people would be, you know, interested in that. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, because they're selling selling you Candy Mountain, right? So they're much, selling you exactly what you want to hear, right? So and they're also over here. I think they also, and that's I think that's why that end scene with the two with the two pure Cadians alongside her. I think that was the other reason that kind of warmed the cockles of my heart is because that's one of the things that also can sell like smooth over that cast system, 
right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's a cast, but you're all in it together and you're all the same. And isn't that great? Like you all came from these different planets and these different backgrounds and stuff, but you're you're just all in it together now. And it's very easy, especially when you have people like the Cadians who, mm you're not one of us. Right. And it's like, dude, you're all Imperials. And I understand because there's always going to be forever in a day, right? Like even at your company, wherever you work out there, wherever you work, I guarantee you there's two departments that just do not like each other. Okay. You got people who do not want to work together because that's just kind of how humans are. We're, we're inherently very tribal, mm-hmm. right? And life is just a giant pissing match sometimes. Um, so I, I thought that that was very interesting that they really talk about that unity, we're all together and then at the end for her to be there with those two pure bloods who were like we stand with her it brought them together tau they bring people together well and that's also so beautiful she's like this is the first time that she's thinking about this it's the first time i've ever been given like a choice and she's like well what would i do and like well you'd be a soldier she's like so not really a choice right yeah just but you can choose to be a soldier or do i have any other options yeah exactly like cake or death friend right i mean except that the cake is also death um i thought the tower used very because i think you and i both when we saw we were like oh it's the tower um this is the second book it's a little bit of a cheat because while the tower definitely the instigators of kazarkin they really had no screen time (laughs) I was like, I, that's why Kazakin's the best Tau book ever. <laughs> yes! Yes! Because they have no screen time. Exactly. Um, but this was probably, this was the second Tau book that I was like, hey, yeah, I actually really like them as villains because I thought it was really nice the way that they really do. This felt like, almost like a response to the people who were like, yeah, but the Tau are like the only good guys in the universe. Um, because we don't do good and bad in the 40K no, universe. There's no good guys. It's order versus chaos. The tower definitely on the order side. I'm not here to argue that. Right. As is the Imperium. Everybody else's degrees of chaos. Um, well, I mean, I guess the Eldari are also order, but nobody wants any part of that. Well, I mean, some of them are order. And some the Jukari are, are not. The right. Jukari are definitely chaos, but the... I mean, actually, I guess if you go by the world... Okay, now I'm going down a whole philosophical rabbit hole. Anyway, it's not important right now. Um, let's talk about Daria because she, this is her story more or less, right? Was she a good hero of the Imperium? I mean, she's no Caiaphas Kane. Well, who is? Who is? Um, uh, yes, she was, she was great. And I actually laughed really hard when she threw the metal into the burning barrel. She's like, this is like a waste of time. Like it actually kind of made me think of in a way, Hunger Games, the way that they tried to make um, sorry, the worst name ever, Katniss Everdeen, be like this big old figure to boost morale, and she failed because that's not what she does. Kind of a lot of the thing here where they're, because again, this useless ass colonel is, you know, trying to boost morale. I was kind of at the commissar too, saying, oh, no, you're going to boost morale. Dude, you got to find another way than using someone who doesn't want to be used. And of course, then everybody was like, oh, but you so, you deserve that medal. And she's like, oh, great. No, like I'm just, I am just, so you're giving me a medal for something that um, I happened to survive and other people didn't. Thanks. 
but no thanks. And when I, I read out loud to my husband her spiel about why she did not like being called the ghost of her planet, and he was like, yeah, that's usually how most snipers feel. I think... I, I don't want to use, like... I don't want to... I don't want to belittle or make it downgrade or I don't know. I don't want to make it sound like I'm making light of this, but using like the common vernacular, a lot of, I think the snipers are a very isolating position. Yes. Um, it's, it's more of an introverted thing and I'm not trying to be like, oh, they're introverts versus extroverts. Like I'm not yeah, trying to. But you even saw it like when she was had mouse keen and the fight mm-hmm. happened and she was like, no, you can't go with them you have to pull back because we have to pick and choose the best targets from where we are which went against all of his training right so um so yeah so they're they're definitely very isolated they have their they have their own thing they have to like tune out like like everything else you know the whole thing of you know shoot and move it's not what you do when you're with the with the guard um but the reason why i thought she was such a great hero is because she cared about her squad so dang much she didn't care if they were Cadian or not. She cared about all of them. You know, like, I nearly cried when Yana, when she found Yana dead. And I actually got a lump in my throat when that asshole shot um, Euleus. Yes. Although, okay. Yes. But. I did not see that betrayal coming. No. However, I appreciate an author who has no sacred cows. I appreciate that, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, you but, don't, but I don't like the straw dogs that pop up in a lot of books either. But I did like that. Essentially, nobody's safe in this book. Well, and it's true about Daria. snipers. Snipers aren't safe. They're like one of the least safe positions in, in, in what they have. So I was very sad about Yana, and I was sad about Ulysses because I thought Ulysses was dead. And the fact that he found her after that, you know, there's two betrayals happened in this book I did not see coming. You know, I knew Moskeen was kind of an asshole, but I didn't think he was going to do what he did. Mm-hmm. And I did not see the Kintair rifles, you know, being being traitors either. So when I thought Ulysses was already dead, but then he shows up and he saves her and he's dragging her and he's helping her and then he gets killed. Anyway, I was like, that is not cool, man. That shows to me like what a great author he is to get me to care about these these characters like this. We didn't like again, this is not a long book. No. Like I don't I don't even feel like we really got to know these people. Deep pages, but And yet we did. And I felt I, I got very emotional in this book. Oh, this yeah. I mean I No, I liked I liked that a lot. So my connection with Daria, and this because obviously I don't have I don't have a military person that I can just friendly shoulder tap and ask stuff about the ways that I think that I like snipers is because, and I've talked about this a lot. And again, I'm not trying to like belittle or, you know, like make it talk light of I'm looking for a very specific word here. And it's just, it's Q4 planning happened mm. this week. Um, the, uh, my daughter is a goalie for ice hockey and it's a very similar spiritually to like what, Dar- what a lot of what Daria was saying in that, it's isolating and you are essentially playing a whole different mm-hmm. sport from everybody else in your squad. Like her squad has a whole other host of things they have to worry about. And as you just said, like when they're charging and she's like, no, 
we need to pick out the most important. Like she's playing an entirely different game, right? Different training, different everything. And there is that very much that outsider. But man, when you're good at it, your squad loves you. Mm hmm. Teams love great goalies, right? Like it's it's one of those things it's that. Funny, and, but, but I she's did good at because she is good, but she cares yes. about her squad. She cares so about them. She even cared even about keeping Maskey alive, even though she's like, I want to kick his ass, and he doesn't know what he's talking about. But the, the, the history better than two hundred seventeenth either, and she's right. Not every squad was there. It's actually something they talk about in the Menkalesk novels was that there's division in the Cadians themselves oh, yeah. over who was there and who wasn't um well and that's stolen valor right like that's one of those things that i found actually very interesting about the cadians is that this idea that you would have stolen valor uh, my husband used to be obsessed with this guy who he's an ex uh i think he was an ex yeah he's an ex navy seal and basically what oh, he would do guy. is yes Yes, stolen valor. And he would go around and he would grab na Navy SEALs. Uh, his joke he used to make is he's like, I think every male in Texas is a Navy SEAL. Uh, but he would grab these guys and he would just ask them questions, right? And so, and of course, then it comes out like, oh, it's classified. No, it's not. Can you walk me through walking through this building? It's classified. So they, uh, I like the idea that even in the 40K universe, there would be clingers on, right? Oh yeah, I was there. I defended it. And I beat the enemy with my flash kick. Like, I love the idea flash that you would have, even amongst the <laughs> Pete Holmes references <laughs> with Guile. Um, if you have never seen the Street Fighter Red Tape, I at the very least recommend searching up Pete Holmes Street Fighter Red Tape Guile. <laughs> Amazing. Um, defeated the enemy with my flash kick. They, in the no-gun war of 63, um, <laughs> they, again, that guy's show is very much my, my brand of humor. Um, I like the idea that even the Cadians are like, were you there? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe you were. No, you weren't. Like when he's like, you know, the 217th wasn't there. And she's like, oh, excuse you. Like, I read the reports. It's rattling all stuff. He's like, but y'all weren't there. It's like, and how old were you when Cadia fell? Five? Six? At least I'm Cadian. Oh, is that all you got? That's the other thing. And that was one of those things that really did get me for people who, just in general, that concept, right? Of I'm this. Do you even remember? Like, do you even remember that? Um, so in Colorado, Colorado has this, God, and I, I say this as a native Coloradan, we have some fierce native pride and so i'll talk to people who are like oh i'm not a native i moved here when i was three and they're like my age and i'm like do you remember wherever you came from if the answer is no then you're probably coloradan okay like let's just at this plant at this point at three years old claim. yes you, yeah, you don't remember you can claim anything it. else depending on how old you are probably up until 10 you can probably claim it. Like one of my really good friends moved here when she was eight. She doesn't remember anything about Kansas. So we'll let you just call yourself Colorado. You've been here for almost 40 years. Yeah. Uh, you've been here more than other people. But that was, again, and that's the interesting thing too when they're talking about that is that it dawned on me, oh, wait a minute. You could conceivably start having Cadian troopers who very technically native Cadians have the purple eyes, were on Cadia, but a child when it fell. 
that's a whole other interesting rabbit hole that they could start falling down with some of the Cadians. Just in terms of like, again, going back to that, you're not Cadian. Are you though? Right. Like, <laughs> but, you know, I understand. Well, it's like, it goes back, back to that pride, you know, that, you know, you could even see from like uh, heirs of these imp of these like corporate empires, right? Like, do you know who my father is? I'm like, yeah, I do. But what did you do to deserve? Like, at least he built this empire from the ground up. What have you done? You were just born and you inherited it. Like right. these Cadians who were six when when the planet fell. I'm sorry. Do you have any room to stand on for saying whether someone was there or wasn't? Probably not. And more importantly, it's odd that you're putting on airs about that. Like, oh, I'm actually Cadian. I feel like, like, part of me feels like I'm turning into those people who like, oh, is that a Metallica shirt? Name three albums. Like, I feel like that's a bad example because literally everybody can name three Metallica albums or songs off the top of their head. But like, you know what I mean? Like those people who are just like, I'm going to knowledge check you. I'm starting to feel like, okay, name three Cadian restaurants. Please. <laughs> something or what was that that movie there's uh something about mary when he said he went to argentina he's like oh i went twice last year like where did you stay yeah oh my gosh yes <laughs> um it it's an interesting it's an interesting thing and it just adds to the flavor like i feel like a lot of these books are reminders of how terrifying it is to be in the guard because it is terrifying and i want everybody to know that like as much as i love this book i get to the end of this book and my first thought is, I'm so glad I don't live in the 40K universe. So, honestly, the end of this book, the way that it ended, they've given me her new assignment, reminded me a lot of the end of Full Metal Jacket, where the Marines are chanting Mickey Mouse theme song as they're marching because it's just the end of another day. Well, and that's one of the things that we have talked about with a lot of these books. Still Tread comes to mind, mm -hmm. right? Where it's just like, let's do it all over again. Mm -hmm. Right, this is just rinse and repeat, and as terrible as this was, and as awful as this was for her, and as like harrowing as it was, the, the fact of the matter is, war's not even over. So the fact of the matter is, is that this was one, one interaction in this woman's life. Who knows how long it's going to be? Don't know. Um, and that's one of the things that I really like about the guard books is that it just shows that like, oh my gosh, look at this great act of heroism today all right do it again tomorrow yeah exactly and the fact of the matter is too is that like this whole interaction other than her her reputation and her heroism will travel throughout like maybe the cadians like maybe mm -hmm. and maybe it'll get over to a few other regiments and stuff like that but the fact of the matter is is that they're not going to write stories about this right this is not going to go into some annal it's not going to be etched on its like it wasn't this wasn't the thing that won us the war. Right. No, it was just another really great battle. And, and just she was showing... almost shot by the commissar anyway, because he wouldn't let her finish what she was saying. Like, I wanted to choke the man. I was like, this is why I have issues with commissars. You're not even letting her talk. It was like, we saw this I... in, um, oh my gosh, what was that orc book? One Denny, um, I don't know if it was Denny Flowers or not, but. Oh, yes. Um, the big boss or something like that the war boss no war boss is mike brooks i have like all of my orc books right here 
But it was whatever one where they were all trying to de- define, they were trying to figure out who was going to be the war boss. So they were like, basically like, you know, whoever does the scavenger hunt first gets it, right? And, right. And the, uh, the uh, oh my gosh, what is their names? The sneaky guys, they had that um, captain as captive. And when he finally escapes and the commissar, like, doesn't even let him finish his story about why he couldn't even kill himself, you know? And just kills him. Like, doesn't he want to hear what he has to say? It's like, you guys, this is why I get irritated with the commissars, because you guys aren't even going to listen. Well, and that's, well, and I mean, I get it, right? Because again, when you have this type of discipline that you have to keep and you have, like, you have all of these soldiers and you have to be this fearsome, do not question me. You don't want to have the reputation of being the commissar that people can be like, all right look right that's a dangerous path to go down but on the other hand it's so frustrating at the end but it's just like okay you want to interrogate me fine interrogate me let me talk though and then you can decide if i'm not trustworthy or not you know but it's like she's just like so i oh but we can't trust what you're saying but yeah we can't trust what you're saying but i no well you know that's kill you on the spot that's the imperial side of the propaganda though right Right. can't trust anything that a heretic says it's i mean we can't listen to a heretic that might lead us to heresy that could corrupt us right like anything they say it's interesting to find out if they're a heretic or not right like we even saw that in the saint celestine book with that one inquisitor i'm not gonna listen to you i know what i know what's right i'm not gonna let you finish your story i can't listen to heresy so it's that's just I, mean, I feel yes, it. obviously they listened to her in the end and they figured out oh she was telling the truth and everything and she was right like i was actually pretty happy she ended up killing series and i like that she totally tore apart his story he was like this is for my people and she's like no it's not this is for you and how and uh, the greatest Entirely line she said how dare you decide you're going to save your people at the expense of mine that was such a that, great line. Spoiler alert, that might, that, that that's going to be in my contenders for book club awards mm-hmm. for like quotes, because it was such a good, just short jab to the face verbally. Because I mean, I can think of that for so many things, like even in modern day, like how dare you try to save your people at the expense of others? Like, that's not how this works. I ain't gonna try to all work together. No, you're thinking about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's one of those. It again, though, it is. It, it's this interesting as we see. It just it made me realize again as you listen to the Tao propaganda how effective this would be, because you look at stuff like this, right, where they are the commissars are acting under their own form of propaganda we have all of these issues where we're battling and those guys are promising unity and harmony i mean obviously we know that that's not a <laughs> um life is pain anyone else who anyone who says otherwise is selling something well i mean uh, just, well, also you know the whole we got this idiotic colonel who's like now abandoning all of you guys for this other front in the south so we can go claim glory down mm-hmm. there and you guys are all going to die now because of his stupid ass decisions. I can see where you'd be like, you know what? Maybe unity. Because we obviously don't have unity right here, right now. 
And that's, but that's the unfortunate. We're a hot mess. But that's the unfortunate thing, right? About um, just humanity in general. We're not perfect. And that's the other thing I loved when she was talking about with the Tao. But no, we're not perfect. He's like, oh, well, you know, we're not perfect either. But look at all this beauty that we're trying to have. And when he when the Tao said, but we're trying to strive for perfection, I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that Fulgrim was, was part of you guys. I didn't realize you guys, you know, were the church of the emperor's children. That's that's interesting. Well, when they talk about striving for perfection, too, all I can think of is it's like, again, because they work in software development, right? Like, oh, that feature's in development. Spoiler alert, it's not in development. And if they tell you it's going to be out in Q1 of next year, it's not <laughs> like that's all I can think of is like, well, we strive for perfection. Well, don't we all princess? We're not going to release anything in production do. that has any bugs in it. Yeah. Okay. Too soon. I'm just, um, but that's a real thing. When no, it is that. a totally real thing. It's a totally thing. And, but I think also it was when he says that I'm like, don't we all, it, it just, it can't, and again, like one of the things that I always tell when people are just like, oh, well, you know, it's possible to have harmonious. Yeah. Have you ever had four people try to pick a restaurant for dinner? Oh, right. Oh, shit. Thank you. In my own family, four of us. Oh my God. The three of us listening to three of us go rounds. We have to start macro and then zoom <laughs> to an actual restaurant. Like, like okay. There, there's this weird owl song. I forget which parody it is. But it's like with him and his wife trying to argue over who's going to make dinner, where they're going to go have dinner. I felt and that's that. a simple was, thing. When I was, you know, just dating my, you know, now husband. We would, even if it's just the two of us when we were first married, mm-hmm. we would have conversations like that. We'd argue over whose day was longest, who didn't want to cook, and then where were we going to go, who was right. going to pay for it, you know. So like that whole song, first time I heard it, I'm like, this did he like follow me when I was in college? Cause this is what this feels like. <laughs> it just, I mean, it's one of those but, human experiences. Right. But, and I use that as right. kind of like so, a silly so just like, example. You, so no, you, I mean, harmony is great. It would love to have harmony. It's impossible because people it have is. opinions. Mm-hmm. And it's, and people are, and, and again, like how didn't have harmony. No, because there was that sniper guy who was like, "I'm gonna kill all of them," and the Muriel was like, "Uh, no, we we might need her." Yeah, yeah, yeah. We might um, <clears throat> we might need this person. You know, there's probably only one faction in Warhammer 40k that has complete harmony. The orcs, and even then, it's not no, very harmonious. No, not even them. Hmm. The Nids. Who are controlled by a hive mind? Exactly. That's why they have harmony, damn it. Okay, that's fair. They're all of that one mind. That is totally fair. I... Yeah, I guess that... It's like the Borg. I don't know. Well, it... yeah, there's space locusts. I mean, locusts are all in harmony. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, They... Yeah. Um, There's so much to be said there about all of that. Um, but I, I liked this. I thought this was probably the most effective book at showing, like, I feel like each of the Astra Militarum books just kind of show you, like, this is a day in a life. It sucks. Um, if you're a rank and file folder, like, again, I think back to, um, I think back to Steel Tread, 
you're not even going to get to see the bad guy or really know why the bad guy is doing what he's doing. You're just fighting one of these wars, right? This book was two things in this one I thought were that were really nice was this is how this is how the Tao get to be effective. And again, just that this is a day in the life of, and the Cadians, there's a lot going on with the Cadians. They've got some issues that they need to sort through, right? Uh, Katachan Devil, what, again, we show like how the orcs are really starting to be a little bit more thinky. Some mm-hmm. of them, not all of them, but some of them. Um, each book kind of progresses this idea of what's going on in the universe a little bit more, which I like. Um, one thing I forgot, to, I have to forget to make my joke earlier in this, but I listened to the audiobook of this, which is why I have a pristine book for once. Um, they said Rebute Gilliman. It doesn't even phase me anymore. Mm, that one's, I'm never going to let go of that one. That and, you know, Perturabo. Mm. I heard that mm. so much. And actually, I started saying it because I heard it so, so much, Perturabo. The one thing I can't get over, and I still do this when I hear it, is disorientating. I got myself orientated. No. Orientated? Yes. It was very disorientating. Sure. Sure. I don't even like blink at Lieutenant anymore. Better hear disorientating. It's like, stop it. Please don't. Um, I don't think there was another thing, but the Rubute was the one that I was like, why though? Why are you doing this to me? Uh, also, they had the same woman who I think does the Minkalesque uh, audiobooks. Because I don't, I don't dig audiobooks. Um, but every now and then, like when we have to drive to a lot of hockey practices, it just makes more sense to listen to the audiobook, and um, and then put your headphones in and bring it to bed with you, um, because you cannot stop listening to it. She did a really good job. It was the first female narrator I'd listened to, and I think she also is the same one who does a lot of the audio dramas. Mm. And like I know she was one of the ones who did Baggett and Claude. I think she also did um, Watcher in the Rain or Watcher in the Dark. I really liked that one too. Anyway, it's not important right now. Um, she she did a really good job. I liked it. I really love this book. This is probably going to be easily in my top... As of right now, it's definitely in my top three. Oh, yeah. Which surprises me. Oh, my God. Cadians and Tau. Yeah. Is this a sign of COVID? Oh, crap. I don't know. And I'm actually, this was such a fun, here's the thing that I'm a little concerned about is that this was, this was fun. Did it hit me in the feels? Yes. Was it, but it was lots of action. It was exactly what oh, I was looking for. I loved the job, characters. New author, Rob Young. Thank you. Yes. Good job. Thank you. This was awesome. I really do want to see more from him and I would mm-hmm. like to see more with these characters in particular, especially Daria. Um, I'm a little nervous because our next book is The Rose in Darkness by Danie Ware. I like Danie Ware as an author. I really liked her short stories. Um, I did not love her last one. Uh, Pilgrims of Fire. Yes, Pilgrims of Fire. I thought Justin, um, no, Justin D. Hill wrote that one. What was the one that we read then? We read another, day. we read one. Damn it, I am not imagining this. Listen, I promised. Oh, it was The Triumph of St. Catherine. 
Did she write that one? Or was that? I think so. But now you have me like <sighs> questioning myself. I don't know. So, so Roritas. That's a hard one to sound out. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, Pilgrims of Fire is Justin D. Hill. Do, 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 do. Yeah, the Triumph of St. Catherine was anywhere. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> smoking crack. For some reason, I thought George Mann wrote that, even though I know he wrote the Inquisitor Sabbath book. Deal. Mm -hmm. Sabbath deal, but for some reason, it doesn't it doesn't matter. I was wrong, but for some reason, I had him as he wrote the Triumph of St. Catherine. It's really hard to keep some of these straight. Um, with as many as we've read. We're on book 107, you guys. Um, that's crazy. This is going to be 108. Yeah. So I actually, I picked up uh, the paperback version of A Book of Martyrs. And so I'm actually going to read her novella about the Order mm. of the Bloody bloody Rose. So actually, I have that's a good say, one. That's kind of a badass name. For uh, yeah. Like I'm imagining I like the tattoos. That. Like the tattoo sounds really cool. The Bloody Rose. Kind of cool. Um, so, is, yeah. I will tell you, watching Pariah Nexus, I would never get a facial tattoo because I need to work in an office. Um, well, but no, watching Pariah like Nexus, tattoos regardless, but and listening to this, I kind of like the Fleur de Lis. I'm like, it was pretty cool. Well, I mean, if you wore makeup, you could still get one on your face, and you have to put makeup on every day. I'm all the way good. I'm too lazy for that. I, yeah, I get it. Like. Like, do I do I look like I would be putting makeup over a tattoo every day? Um, to keep your it job, is, yes. It is hoodie weather again, so I'm very excited. Kind of, it's like 68 degrees outside. Anyways, actually, it's 53 right now, so I'm gonna go outside to enjoy my hoodie. Oh my um, gosh, that sounds it's cold. It's gonna be beautiful. This is that's my ideal. Like evening gets down to 50. Like it's like 65 in the daytime, 50 at night. Let's see what time is what. What, Beautiful. I don't care what time it is. What's temperature? Oh, the temperature is 72. I kind of want to go outside. Telling you, we're going to have to do that um, now. But so join us next time for the Rose and Dark. Um, loved long shot. It has, the Rose and Darkness has, it has stiff competition. Well, yes. <laughs> but Oh, I didn't realize the tough this act is to only follow. considered book two of the Adepta Sororitas series, which I find interesting. Oh, so... Pilgrims of Fire is considered book one. Okay, so the Triumph of St. Catherine is... Something, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I just... Whatever. An Adepta Sororitas novel? It, it says... It's an Adeptus Sororitas novel on there, but that actually, I, you know what though? Black Library, I don't pretend to understand their series. I don't pretend to understand any of this. I just work here. I mean, because it would make sense that Krieg would be a part of the Astra Militarum series, but it's not. So, you know, whatever. I just don't care. Yeah. I'm not the fuck whisperer. And I think you'd have to be to understand Kane's workshop at times. Sometimes, yeah, I think you would have to. Look at you, Donna Fire. At least we Let's only have three out, more Carrie. books. We only have three books to go. Get you. Remember Just, that one time that the Siege of Terror was only going to be like six or seven Dan books? Dan Abnett is not contributing to Dawn of Fire. This is only going to be three books. Left. Yes. Left. No. No. It's out, Carrie. 
Oh, my God. You guys, Jen predicted earlier that um, that uh, the end of the death is going to be at least four books, if not six. So no, 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 no. I have said it is going to be four. I don't think they're going to let it go beyond three because if they here's my logic for this is that I think that if he has if he comes back and he's like, actually, I think it's going to need to be a fourth book. I do not think that they could because then essentially this whole Siege of Terror series, which was supposed to be a collaborative thing with all of their top authors, right? If you all of a sudden have one author contributing four books, then I think they would have to reopen it up and be like, okay, well, maybe book four can be by like John French and then book five could be by like Chris Raitt and six could be by ADB and then blah, 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 blah. And then eventually we'll get back to Dan Abnett, who will then need to have another book and then another book and another book. Um, the End and the Death will just become the next version of the series. And So guys, if that happens, you know who to blame. I will not be held responsible for that, madam. You gave but that's voice also to it. totally fair. You gave voice to it. It probably hurt us. I did. Like that one time that our good friend Larry predicted that they were going to use the Infinity Stones to like go back in time to fix for Endgame when he's just like, oh, they're going to time travel and do all of this. And we were like, no, they won't. That's stupid. They won't do that. And then they did. Oh, God. He predicted. Anyway. He predicted everything. He predicted the ending. To the point he did, like, and I was like, like "No, so oh. mad, so mad." Anyway, still mad. I Take am, us out, Gary. Actually, I'm still kind of mad because Infinity War was so good, and Endgame was great until the last freaking two minutes. Anyway, oh yeah, you've listened to the Warhammer 40k book club episode regarding Longshot by Rob Young. Be sure to join us next time for The Rose in Darkness by Dany Ware. We are an unofficial book club and not affiliated with the Black Library or any of its affiliates. You can find both the vidcast and podcast on our website, wh40kbookclub.com. If you like this episode, please like, subscribe, give a review, and all those good things to the vidcast on YouTube or the podcast anywhere you get podcasts. Our site also has articles about adventures and reading other Warhammer 40k books and short stories and Warhammer TV episodes outside of the book club books. So please stay a while. And read from a crag. Yeah, I'm not all furious because I'm tired. This month is kicking my ass, you guys. That's all I'm going to say. I am I am equally tired because it is also kicking mine because it's uh, hockey season again. Um, so I, I can't even tell you to get anything because you do you. You get whatever your heart tells you to get. Chartreuse, ultramarine, maroon. Tau. Okay, no, not tau. That's true. Sorry, I went oh, too far. There you go. There you go. See, there's my there's my there's my life advice to you. Okay, but unless you're getting long shot, in which case, get you some towel. Because we kill towel. Exactly. Good night, everybody. Good night. of the Warhammer 40k book club is hosted by Jen Bozier and me. Recording and editing of both the vidcast and podcast were done by me. The book club questions and discussion format were done by Jen, and all of our music is by Jingle Punks. The Warhammer 40k book club is a Warhammer LLC production.
This is a Voxcast that even he, Cato Sicarius, would approve.